Off top. At any given time, there are 1,800 thunderstorms happening in the atmosphere around the Earth. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. What are you laughing about, Mina? What's that face mean? Did you not like you don't believe my science facts? No, I love it. I am not someone who... um collects facts but I, something that occurred to me is now that i have a child i should pay attention to these things because children love, <laughs> love facts. These facts they do and they you, love facts i will not take that as an insult but i also love facts <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because me and my son trade facts he had a fire joke last night too it was a conversation about circumcision we were having and I don't know. I'll tell it to you later. Maybe it's for Roses and Thorns. What, a, like. what a tease. It was, a f- it was an impressive joke. So impressive that I was like, a smart kid. But anyway, we got football to talk about today. They were talking about Off it top. in school, and then he came home and was like, why y'all ain't asked me? Bruh, it's not something you ask about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mina, that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, kids getting smart and having words. Enjoy it while they're quiet. Uh, I... I- this my mind is reeling right now. It's the word circumcision. Uh, yeah. All right. Football. Uh, well, you can listen to Rose and Thorns. I'll save it for there because Ashley different, doesn't know it either. Different uh, kind of. Sorry. Yes. Good joke. <laughs> Mina, the joke queen. All right. What's up? Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, we're just at yeah. the tip of the iceberg of this game. We're going to get so many montages of the 13 seconds or less, mm. the their last playoff game. But these teams are in very different spaces than they were when they played that iconic playoff game. The Bills' defense has been ravaged by injuries. Josh Allen's been excellent, excellent despite the turnovers. The Chiefs are a team that had the most explosive offense in the NFL when they played at that point, and now they do not. But what's concerning the defense has been degrading over the course of this season. My question to you guys, is the Chiefs defense actually as good as we thought earlier this season? You're not going to ask me who needs this more? No. I was, I was just on first day. I, I can make this joke because Dominique goes, you're like, uh, we get these questions on sports television. I was like, I'm going to say the 6-6 six and six team needs it more. Um, the, the defense question is a good one because... Thank you. Uh, the Bills defense has been now banged up for quite some time. And I think there are very specific areas that you can attack. Um, I, but I do think it's an open question about whether the Chiefs are equipped to attack those areas. I, I mentioned this on my podcast, Me Com Show featuring Lenny. Check it out. Dominique uh, appears there very regularly. Um, it, 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 when you look at some of the Chiefs, the Bills party weaknesses on defense, one thing that, like, for example, they're the worst defense in the NFL at defending wide receiver twos. Do the Chiefs have a wide receiver two on their roster? And they have like, a wide I, receiver one? <laughs> yeah. I do think uh, you can attack safety and linebacker on this Bills team, and uh, the Chiefs are well-equipped to do so because they have still uh, one of the best tight ends in football, and I think that's something they can take advantage of. Uh, but I'll throw this out there. The Chiefs defense, which started the season as one of the best defenses in the NFL, has been quietly putting together some lackluster performances. Uh, you're seeing their numbers trend down. I think you uh, against Green Bay, that was something, mm-hmm. granted, that the, the, you know their li- starting linebacker and starting safety were hurt at the very beginning of the game. But you can go after them with play action. I think the pass rush hasn't been quite what it was. And given the way Josh Allen is playing football lately, 
that could be a big problem for them in this one, um, even though we spend most of the time with the Chiefs talking about the offense. Yeah, the Chiefs defense, well, in general, it's something that Mean and I have talked about a bunch of times on her show and others, that defense is not something that you can trust, really, in modern football to the degree that um, you can win a championship. So the old adage of defense winning championships, the rules have been changed to a degree that it feels kind of impossible to trust someone to be dominant or trust a group to be dominant week to week, definitely year to year, but even week to week. And we saw last week with the Browns defense kind of falling apart towards the end of that game. Part of it is just you put so much pressure on a team and the Chiefs is somewhere where we think is not going to be a ton of pressure on the defense, but there's a lot of pressure on that defense this year and they are not constructed to live up. I mean, no one is, though. I'm trying to think of the team that is constructed to win every week and it's like the Jets they are constructed to win because of their defense but they can't do it because even mediocre offenses they go up against great defenses and there'll be a penalty there'll be a big play Uh, you'll not get a turnover this week something will happen because you need those big explosive plays on your defense need to limit, eliminate the explosive plays for the other side, which is almost impossible with pass interference rules. If they throw it up 10 times, one time you're going to get a 30-yard pass interference. And also, if you're going to win with defense, you need turnovers. You need turnovers. And those are very, very correlated with luck. Even good defenses, you can punch the ball out, but where that thing bounces is different. You can jump uh, a route, but are you going to catch it every single time? Those things are tough. Will the quarterback hold it and take a sack? And it's just hard for defenses to live that way, especially when you don't have guys, which the the um, the Chiefs have Chris Jones is mm-hmm. like an all-world type of guy. I mean – who else do you have? Like, I mean, McDuffie is really good, but you don't have anybody else on that team that you feel like uh, you can count on to create a game-changing play. Lost two more guys last week to injury. Um, lost Brian Cook and Drew Tranquil as well, so it could get worse. The thing that there's a stat that sort of blew my mind from that Packers game, which I think is worth noting, is that the Chiefs' offense wasn't really the problem in that game. They had eight total drives. One was a kneel down before F. One was the desperation drive at the end, which is obviously called differently than other drives. And it was that they couldn't get the Bills off the field. They scored 19 points in the six drives that they had, but they they couldn't get the Bills, or sorry, the Packers off the field when they were defending them. That might be a bigger problem with Josh Allen who can churn out first downs. Do you see that as the issue in this game? Well, I I think that's a... um it almost then cuts to the Bills' offense and like what they want to be and the, what style of football they play because you, that's a really good point about how Green Bay won that game. But also, the Green Bay offense, to me, put together pretty much the ideal script for playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Ball control football, ran the ball, ran it efficiently, uh, play action, taking short completions, that intermediate area of the field. I mean, they attack downfield as well, but... Um, when you look at Buffalo, and this is an offense that at times has lived and died by the explosive play, but I think you've seen over the last few weeks, uh, they've ran the ball well and Josh Allen has used his legs. Coming into this game, it's almost like you want them to run a very similar offense to what Green Bay did. Like that, What they did is pretty ideal for playing this Chiefs team. And, and the Bills are capable of it. It's, it's kind of like Dominique often with the Bills is a question of willingness versus ability. Like, are will you do that? Will you play that style of football against Kansas City? Yeah, the 
I often think about this when you go into game plans. If you are a superior team as far as talent is concerned, I think you want to maximize possessions. Mm -hmm. Like, get as many possessions as you can. If you're an inferior team, and you see this in college a lot, is you want to run the clock, you want to run the ball, get first downs, and minimize it. So then, like, the 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 um like variations of outcomes, it's like, all right, we got to stop. But they only get eight drives, we get eight drives. We have a better chance of win, winning rather than 12 to 12. But when you get into a game like this where the talent is is so skewed on – either side of the ball for the Bills at least. It's like, do the Bills want to go, want to try to go score for score? And I guess I, I've talked myself into the answer. It's like, no, you're right. They should play it like the Packers did. They don't want to try to go score for score. Even if the Chiefs defense is not as good as it once was, the Chiefs defense against their offense, I think, is a better matchup than their defense against the Chiefs offense, even with the Chiefs' uh, lack of receivers. Why do you think that? Oh, because what's the problem with the Bills' defense? The middle of the field, and where is the best player for the Chiefs? The middle of the field. I think that's that's tough. They don't have linebackers. Their safeties are not playing well, even though they have big-name safeties. Their corners are out. I think what you're asking them to do is a little bit harder, I think. And the Chiefs actually been running the ball better. I think uh, last week Pacheco was impressive. And that was always the cure that they have been resisting. <laughs> it's uh, a funny Andy Reid trope. But, like, last year they started running the ball, and that helped them. But this year it's like Andy Reid's like, no, I know we need to, but I'm not going to. But they did a little last week, and maybe they do again this week also. So my question, just to put a bow on this, because I think we've been waiting for 14 weeks to see if the Chiefs offense – will figure it out and gel around Patrick Mahomes. Can they sort of make chicken salad out of chicken with their receiving core? You think that their offense can? Can they be an effective offense? Because they have not been for yeah. much of the season. I think so. I mean, I think they figured out there's three people on the offense that they can trust. Kelsey, Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice. And even he has, you know, he's still a little, he's still clearly a young receiver and he has ups and downs, but you when, you when you look at the Chiefs target share at the beginning, Mahomes is trying to spread it out and, you know, trying different guys. Every time they deviate from those three guys, like something bad seems to happen with this offense or there's like an incompletion, MBS runs the wrong route, Sky Moore pulls up, whatever. Those are the three guys. You got to build the whole plane out of those three guys. The problem is defenses know that too. They're not stupid and that makes life a lot easier when you're calling a defense and you know that the offense really only has three players outside the quarterback that they can lean. Um, however, I actually think because of the Bills' injuries in this one, three guys might be enough. And to Dominique's point, because of the nature of the injuries. I mean, this, yeah, the, the way... If you were playing a team like the Ravens, I would be very concerned, quite ding, frankly, ding. about yep. the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, but the Bills... Defense, eh, I think they'll be okay. As Mina um, advertised her podcast once already, but if you want to hear a really smart football conversation about the inside uh, of defenses and what modern defenses have done to buck the trend, you can go there and hear that because we talked a bunch about the 49ers and the Ravens who, while we all devalue the safety position and the linebacker position, these teams have seemed to put a premium on it premium on it and it helps because the way that offenses have a lot of success in this league is putting those players uh on an island and in conflict and they're doing it well still upsets me that kyle hamilton just dropped to the ravens it made perfect <laughs> sense when that happened in the draft so big and so good um i did want to respond to one thing that mina said having three people that you trust that doesn't feel like not enough you know like generally mm. i don't know i i guess to the 
the MVS. Well, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> you don't Doing want cardio. The, the thing, the thing is, you don't want the rest of the people to be negatives, <laughs> and it does feel like sometimes those guys are are just flat negative. So, like, if you have three guys that you can trust and and three other guys that are neutral, you're fine. But 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 but, what is your golden rule about weapons? You uh, want them to be able to take the top off yeah, the. Is there a the single one? Yeah. I mean, MBS could take the top off the defense, but it's, yeah, that's uh, once he gets down there, what's he got to do about it? Um, the original question was, can they figure it out on offense? Like, to what degree is the question I would ask? It's always Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, pff, yes, they could win a Super Bowl. They're one of the few teams that could win a Super Bowl. I would not say that I think they're going to figure it out on offense because I think that their offense should be a lot better than it is. But I guess, yeah, figure it out is different. I can't say that they could win the Super Bowl, but they can't figure it out. So, yeah, they got enough to figure it out. It's just not – they need the home field and they need to buy. They are not a team that I think is good enough to go three weeks, some on the road, and win in the playoffs, especially if they have to face a team like the Ravens. All right. I think they can get – they can win the AFC. But when you look at the Niners, you're like, ah. <laughs> terrifying um let's pivot to the best game in the nfc which is going to divide the foxworth household he's got his man on one side and dak prescott ashley's man on the other side and jalen hurts but the big question i want to ask you guys and i think this is surprising from where we would have thought in the middle of the season but who do you think is the better team the cowboys or the eagles oh to be clear there's nothing jalen hurts can do to lose like Ashley doesn't care about his quarterbacking skills unless he's maimed. I think uh, Jalen Hurts is, is still going to win this weekend. Um, so, so, so I saw somebody put up a ranking on uh, X of quarterback because it was um, Ben Solak, who comes on my show sometimes. I don't know if you guys ever had him, but he put he like ranked the quarterbacks, and uh, obviously this incited a great deal of debate. And somebody said, "Well, let's just rank them by handsomeness." And just looking at it, it struck me how. It's just like Jalen Hurts versus the field is so extreme at this point. It's it's really, you know, and it's kind of it's nice. It's like when Patrick Mahomes is so like when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, yeah, we, he's like just so out of the dominant, conversation. We don't yeah. we don't have to, yeah, we don't have to like fight about it. That's it's how funny. I felt looking at this. That is particular so list, funny that you know? it, it is implied any conversation about quarterbacks. Like yeah. Everybody else in Patrick Mahomes, the same thing. Somebody got to give Garoppolo a starting job so we can get some competition. Someone just start Sam Hartman next year out of the blue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sam Hartman. He, make it just to make it interesting. Yeah. yeah. He is pretty handsome. Yeah. Handsome dude. He's got the lumberjack look. You're biased to a lumberjack. Look, he's, he's got great lettuce. What can I say? Um, um, the original question yes. who's better? Um, the Cowboys are better. Like uh, any advanced metric, EPA, the Cowboys are better. They, mm. um, they lost in a close game where you obviously they could have won that game. Um, and at the most important position, they seem to have it figured out, the quarterback spot. It doesn't seem that the Eagles, as um, outrageous or how as crazy as everyone reacted to the Marcus Mariota should start until Jalen Hurts gets healthy uh, response was, some things were true about that is they are struggling on offense, and part of it is in part because they don't seem to want to lean into the design quarterback run except for an emergency situation. So... Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious uh, who's better right now. Agree. Yeah, I mean, the, especially defense, it's pretty stark. I mean, like the Eagles' defense, it's not a schematic thing. Like they're just they're just missing guys. They're you know you you. I think that's what kind of strikes me is like how quickly 
you look at that back seven compared to last year and like just the the, the drop off and you know Slay and Bradbury are still good but um I think you have a couple of players who have lost steps a little bit and then you just have holes on that defense there's just so many let me rephrase it there's so many places you can attack not to say the Cowboys defense is perfect just obviously put up a real stinker against Seattle but compared to Philadelphia I think they're a lot more complete and I mean, in that Seattle game too, the the numbers didn't look good for the Cowboys. But at least for me, and maybe this is uh, an unfair evaluation, maybe it's soaked in some bias. Like they didn't seem like they were getting their kicked. Like they were giving up big plays, but it didn't feel to me. Yeah, Mina's making a face like she thinks I'm wrong. I mean, Seattle offense is. I think their ceiling is really high, and that was like a oh, what happens when this offense actually reaches its ceiling kind of game. I would be a little bit worried going into this weekend, the way they attacked Deron Bland with DK Metcalf. Philadelphia basically has DK Metcalf plus on their roster uh, in his former teammate, AJ Brown. Uh, So I would be concerned about them doing like a pretty similar thing. I love a recruiting class they had there in Ole Miss. I don't know. Were they in the same class? Yeah. AJ Brown was a baseball recruit. Baseball? Yeah. He's a great baseball player out of high school. Arthur Tom playing baseball. Um, To put a bow on this, of these two games, Right now, and obviously context matters with the conferences, of these two teams, who do you think has a better chance of rolling through the playoffs and making the Super Bowl, the Chiefs or the Eagles? Oh, the Chiefs and the Eagles, wow. The, the former Super Bowl teams. I would, I would say the Chiefs because of the existence of the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I say that as someone who thinks if the Chiefs played the Ravens, I might pick the Ravens at this point. But I think that the Chiefs have a better chance against the Ravens and Dolphins than the Eagles do of beating the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree wholeheartedly with that. It feels like there's, at least up until this point, it feels like there's a collection of teams in the AFC, whereas on the other side, it feels like there's one that's just beat the dog out of the two teams that we consider their contenders. And you could say short week, not a lot of rest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. There aren't the same excuses for Dallas and yeah, they seem like they are motivated. The 49ers beat the dog out of both of those teams. That's what I said. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was is saying beat, that, is beat the dog an expression? Yeah. Do you beat beat the dog out of someone? No, it's oh, it's short man. for dog. That's you beat the dog out of them. But I mean, I guess you also can beat the dog like that guy got the dog in him. Yeah, like but the, like, the yeah, X-ray yeah. with the. He had the dog in him, but the dog in him was removed, like yeah. by a a, do- a surgeon yes. operation. Yeah, not by a surgeon. A surgeon implies implies some precision. This was a blunt force <laughs> trauma. They just beat it out of him. I'm just, I'm just glad we clarified the metaphor so that it doesn't sound like we're saying it's they beat the dog. Oh, it's no, more no, no, like no, no. they beat the person yeah, such yeah, yeah, yeah. that the dog was removed. From Even them, though right? you just... now have a child, you still would rather us beat a person than beat a dog. That's impressive. Commitment to dog love. So you said, let's be clear. We are beating the person, not the dog. <laughs> just to be clear what you just said. The dog didn't do anything. The person, point. you know, Good point. didn't spend, spend enough on linebackers. <laughs> That's fair. Fair point. You're always right. All right, Mina, that was awesome. Um, do you want to give me any, any tips before I let you go on how to purchase Christmas gifts? Because I'm really bad at it. I did all my Christmas shopping on Black Friday, so oh. I'm ahead of the game. You already missed my biggest tip. Just write down everyone's name and just blast through it <laughs> and just go through a bunch of websites and look at like gift suggestions for them. I'm a pretty good gift giver, though. I, I think so. You are. So. You're giving me some good gifts. Yeah. 
that way? Yeah, I think so. No, you're just thoughtful. Yeah. I think you're a really thoughtful person, and that's what it comes down to, like oh, being a good gift giver. Thank you. I. Well, Dom, Dominic, you give us the gift of your presence, <laughs> your takes, punctuality, your inclusion on the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. Why are you so, forcing these advertisements in here? I'm pretty sure that anybody who's listening to this show already <laughs> is listening to your show. Like, it's, a, it's a good point, though. Definitely what, check yeah, out the Mina Kimes YouTube channel. It's like. It's like an almost yeah. eclipsed moon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that is our Venn diagram. It's like the same people, except your circle is much bigger than mine. So it's like, uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who listens to my podcast who doesn't like you, because why would you keep listening? Yeah, of course not. Guess, I'm on there yeah. all the time. All right, Mina, you're the best. Yeah, we love yeah, you. Bye. Up next, our buddy, Bo Monty Jones. Me and Bo have a chat about dysfunctional jets. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, welcome in everybody's favorite, Bomani Jones, Clark, Atlanta's finest. Welcome to the program, sir. So we just came off of your show where we talked about a bunch of organizations that are dysfunctional, and somehow we didn't get to the Jets. So you're saving that for my show. I appreciate you. <laughs> Man, I don't know if oh, you've been yeah. keeping up with this stuff, but I mean, I'm sure that you heard about the Zach Wilson thing where he didn't want to start. Yes. Yeah. Which your first yeah. reaction. He's to like that a heart is, dog. <laughs> like my first reaction to that is like, I'm a football guy. So my football brain is like, nah, you gotta, you go out, gotta, gotta go out there and play. But then I take a second to think about it. Like, I wouldn't want to do that either. They, they not protect you. that town. He knows. Yeah. Yeah, he know he's done. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's done in this town. He know he's done in this town. He's there's nothing that he could do coming back that's gonna change his fate. They want one legged Aaron Rodgers over him. Even like, no, he's done. But I was with you too. Like, hey man, you sometimes you just gotta do stuff you don't want to do. I don't even know how hurt he was it was supposed to be. And now the Jets are out here like, oh no, no, no. He wasn't reluctant to play. Come on, Jets. We've been watching y'all for a while. This is always how it go. At some point, somebody going to run their mouth, and we're going to find out what's really going on, and y'all going to come back behind it and lie to us. I would like to have, and I think it's all of us want to have, like a clean um, absolute about this is the way you have success in football. I do think that organizational stability is the best way to, to have success. But there are organizations that are not stable but got a special player. Like, you know, you get you get Andrew Luck, you know, you, you get uh, 
Peyton Manning, you get Tony Dungy, like you get some special people that can alter an organization or you get um the most recent ex example is up in Cincinnati. I don't know. I'm getting old or concussions. The quarterback there that's hurt up oh, there. Zach Taylor. No, no, not the coach, the quarterback. Oh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. You get Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Everything that we say. Oh, you sound like uh, Patrick Mahomes' dad for a second right there. You had a little bit of Joe Burrow. Smoking that Burrow. <laughs> that's my favorite clip ever. Um, you get that, and you can change things around, but that's hard to find. What you can, what's more likely to happen is you build with the Ravens built, or you build with the Steelers built, and it's just stability and. Um, ben Roethlisberger probably has a better career in Pittsburgh than he has anywhere else, in part because it's Pittsburgh. Joe Flacco has a better career in Baltimore than he does anywhere else. Not to say that they're the same um, caliber of player, but, you know, and uh, maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't have success elsewhere if it's not for the fact that that's a well-run organization that doesn't have too many leaks, has an understanding of the hierarchy, has respect for the, for as much respect as you can as um, – as organizations have for their players. It, it's something that the Jets don't seem to have and they're falling apart. They got Robert Sala, Texan media people on the side, his own little defense. It's a mess. That place ain't never going to be good. But the problem, like, there's an NFL level to this, right? So if in the NBA you lose whoever Aaron Rodgers is, mm -hmm. all right, we play it for the lottery now. Yeah, It's no big deal. We're, we're just going to go to the lottery this season. You can't do that in football. Like, it's amazing that they've won as many games as they have while at the same time being completely indefensible that their offense is as bad as it has been. Uh, if, if, I, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm so mad that we did not get that Jets game. Uh, like, they got that game too early. Yeah. If, Sean, if the current Broncos played the current Jets, yeah. Sean Payton could take his victory lap <laughs> and talk about how bad the coach was the year before. Broncos going to mess around and go to playoffs this year, right? <laughs> like, when they played that game, Sean Payton was looking like the biggest doofus in the world, and they were giving a game ball to Nathaniel Hackett. Now Nathaniel Hackett coordinates one of the worst offenses there's ever been, and somehow Sean Payton has convinced Russell Wilson, you stink, <laughs> but if you play like you stink, we have a chance. <laughs> And they're playing like he stinks, and they have a chance. Yeah, the um, the Nathaniel Hackett situation, man. Like, good for him. He had that moment against the Broncos, but I do think that the job that he's done is indefensible. But I don't know what they do because they're in this interesting situation where they ceded so much power over the Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers was outspoken on McAfee uh, in defense of, or actually, it wasn't really in defense, but it was more like ridiculing his organization, the people in his organization for s talking to media and letting secrets out. And prior to that, my assumption was Aaron Rodgers would protect Nathaniel Hackett. In turn, that would probably protect Robert Sala. Because as we talked about on your show, what you can't do is keep a bunch of holdovers when you bring in a new staff, because that creates a uh, attention that normally, I mean, I feel like you can, if you are clear about who is in charge and you don't want to listen to the outside voices. I don't get, uh, or you don't want to allow the lower people in the hierarchy to have access to the ownership, frankly. I'm not sure how they run things over there at the Jets, but given how much stuff is coming out, it seems like they are not running a tight ship, and I would not want, it's another one of those jobs that, I guess because Aaron Rodgers is there, that makes you want it a little more. But honestly, that may might make you not want it. Uh, I'm not sure that Sean Payton or somebody like him would want to come and sign up to be on a team that's no. run by Aaron no. Rodgers.
No, no, no. And look, man, people leak when they feel unheard or do not respect their superiors, right? Like, if you respect your superior, your superior says, no, this is what we going to do, then this is what we do, right? If you, if you respect who the person is that made whatever the decision is, then you don't go running around telling like this. But the Jets never wind up in a situation where anybody is respectable. Like, I'd be curious to know if when Parcells was there, for example, they got that league game tightened up. Right, like during that stretch of time, did they get in there and then like all of a sudden this stuff starts to cease? Because like when when a real one here, you don't <laughs> really have these sorts of problems. But for them, look, they needed a quarterback in what is proving to be the worst draft ever to take a quarterback, the 2021 draft. Like Trevor Lawrence, who seems to be pretty good, but not quite what a lot of people thought he was going to be. We're still not at that place yet. Like I think year three, Andrew Luck was a better player than year three Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think Andrew Luck ever actually got to the place that we thought he was going to because he got the hell beat out of him, right? All them dudes after that in that draft stink, man. Every single one of them after that has, in some form or fashion, shown us stink. And that's when the Jets had a quarterback. Now, granted, I never understood why it was like, why are we so sure about this guy at number two, right? Like, it it didn't have to be that. But then you go look at who else they could have took, and them dudes stink too. It was a bad draft uh, for quarterbacks that I mean, we have to remind ourselves of that. I guess we don't have to. Decision makers have to remind themselves of how you get to these situations where you end up. I mean, that year was so different, too. It's hard for me to understand how he came out of nowhere. What normally doesn't go wrong is success at an established place. But and we look at those guys like Ohio State. Gave us Justin Fields. Uh, We got Mac Jones. Like, there's really no way, which is why it comes back to the original point. Be a stable institution. Be a stable organization. Because you're not going to find this home run guy. It's not going to, like, there's not going to be someone who just swoops in and fixes everything. It's not going to work. And they've set it up in a situation. I do want to talk about the Robert Sala stuff. So, apparently, he sent all these list of coaches to the radio host that their success without without their quarterback. You have conversations with coaches. I do, too. I don't share those conversations. Even even though they don't say it's off the record, I don't throw people under the bus in that way. And when you're around media, you know the repercussions of that. It's a weird thing to do, but it happened now, and then he's going to lose his job in part because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's over. That's how you know it's over. Like, like Like, honestly, man, if Salah showed up at his job for that one, I wouldn't blame him. But at the same time, what Salah needed to understand is you could make these points, but you can't make a presentation. Yeah. Like, you could, you could tell your guy, I mean, y'all really going to hold it against me? I ain't got my quarterback? Okay, cool. You can't be like, well, if you look at the numbers here and the numbers here and the numbers here. No, nah, the only thing worse than that is if your mama was the one that was saying this <laughs> stuff. Because that, that, that's what you really can't have. Your mama or your girl. You can't have whoever, one of, one of the women in your life, they can't be the one to do it. But you can't be the one to do it either. You just can't. You need to go find you. Or maybe what he thought was going to happen was he had a friendly ear in the media and he would simply arm him with the statistics that he needed. And then he would then give those statistics without being like, so I was talking to my man Rob and he pointed some things out. That's what he was doing. He thought he was giving his man ammunition. But whenever you're trying to make your own case, it's too late. It reminds me of, of Tepper a few weeks ago where he was trying to convince us that the situation wasn't his fault. Whenever you're making your case, it's too late. All you can do to save yourself is win. 
That's all you can do at this point. Someone else can make the case for you. You can't be making your own case. I don't know why you got the time or the inclination to try to dig up some stats to defend yourself because it ain't going to work. Only thing that works is winning. Other people can make these arguments. Yes. You win, they shut up. You don't win, then there's no amount of arguments in history that's going to protect you. Dominique, you get fired no matter what the job is, no matter what the industry is, no matter what the place is. They fire you for one reason, because they want to. When they want to fire you, they're going to fire you. You're not, your case ain't going to matter. Your case ain't going to change nothing. They just, they wanted to fire you. Like, so people get fired with terrible records. People get kept with terrible records. People get fired with great. Marty Schottenheimer once went 14 and 2 and got fired. <laughs> Never coached again after going 14 and for the Chargers. Now, look, they had a lot of really good players, but 14 and two, and they fired him. Why? Because they wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, you disappoint you make about a lot of colleges all the time, too, about how the coach's situation is like, eh, it's a tough spot. But now they got the Texans coming into town, and D'Amico Ryan's going to get a lot of people fired, man. Him and CJ Stroud <laughs> getting a lot of people <laughs> fired because everybody going to look over there and say, they did it. Why can't you? Dog. <laughs> they out here, if he can do it, yep. they don't know nothing about him. If <laughs> it don't matter. So you're telling me D'Amico <laughs> knows, knows how to fix this and you don't? No, 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 no. He get, so he's going to get a bunch of people crewed. And look, he everything <laughs> turned around. I've been saying this. I keep trying to get our friend Mita Kyle's on board with this. She will not join me. D'Amico done messed around and made that trade for Will Anderson into a steal because we thought that they gave up what was going to be a top five pick yeah. to get that pick that they was going to use that they used on Will Anderson. That pick might be like number 22. And if you got Will Anderson for next year's number 22, that was a steal. It's such a, a bet on yourself move that shows that plan that's going to pan out yes. to be a smart move <laughs> because they was betting on themselves and the rest of us like dummies best case scenario or worst case right. scenario. You'll be at like 10. You gave up a 10 for a guy that we don't think is a difference maker. And Will Anderson is good. He is really good. He's making right. plays for his first year. And that, that to me going to be a like, we'll be all right. <laughs> nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go. Cool. Go ahead. They we feel like out. America's team this. right now to me. Like every year, every couple seasons, there's some group that you want to root for. And between the way that CJ Stroud handles himself on the field and in the press conferences, the way that D'Amico has turned this thing around, there's no other team out there that, like, I don't have any allegiances that I want to see have success more than them right now. All right. So I call, you know, I'm from Houston, but I'm not like there were no Texans when I was there. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't have any attachment to them whatsoever. But, you know, the homies that are still there, they came around and talked to one of the homies. I was like, yo, CJ got to be running it down there. It's like he's like, really, man. He said the bar wasn't really that high. He's like the first <laughs> thing he just had to do was, quote, not be a sex pervert. Like That was, <laughs> that was line number one, because. And as my man points out, you got to understand this about how we talk in Houston. We use a lot of unnecessary modifiers. So, uh, for example, I don't have one immediately available to help make the point, but you might call it a pen. We call it an ink pen. Now, do I need to say that the pen has ink in it? No, but that's what we do. So pervert is not enough. They throw in <laughs> sex pervert, right? But I watched some of that game they played against the Broncos, and my man was at that game, and he was like, yeah, it's a lot of orange in here. Like, one thing about Houston is, as a city, Houston will quit on you. 
Like what? Like once you demonstrate that you just losers, Houston is not about losers. They will quit on you, and they had. I don't know what it's going to take for them to get back on board, right? Because like the other guy, some people may say he is sex pervert, but he always kept a clean fade, and you know people appreciate that. So maybe these braids that CJ got is keeping people away for the moment, <laughs> or the fact that honestly, outside of CJ, Will Anderson, and Laramie Tunsil, I don't know who none of these people are. That play for the test. I mean, Stingley, you you know Stingley. He he had an incredible. I know Stingley, yeah. who by the way seems to be getting there. Yeah, yeah. It was a slow start, but man, that pick. He had two picks last week, right? But one of them was outrageous. Yeah, this team is good and young. Yes. And yeah, I think the. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Name somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You, I saw you. you I heard you stop. You good? You good? Name somebody I, else. To be, oh, D'Amico, the coach of the Eon. Yeah, yeah. You. I mean, you can Nico and Tank, but yeah, it's not a whole bunch of. Ain't a whole bunch of people. Tank don't play for them no more. Yeah. Tank, Tank got Tank got uh got totaled yeah. in the last game. <laughs> I think I think Demico got fired. Demico got Frank Wright fired. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So if um if Houston don't want to come around, there's a lot of other cities that are dying for what they got there. So I like them. I'm rooting for them. I'm also happy that D'Amico about to get a bunch of people fired, but nobody's going to learn a lesson from this. No one is going to then go out and seek the the culture guy because. That guy is off to the defensive guy. They're all going to seek the um, the offensive guru, the, the quarterback whisperer, which is weird to me because, I mean, I get it. I understand. However, I still fundamentally believe that all these quarterbacks are going to be good if you give them the support that they need. Most of them will be good if you give them the support that they need. And the support that they need is somebody who know how to run a team, not somebody who know how to run an offense. Because at, at the core of it, what you're saying by hi- hiring an offensive guru is that – he has the intelligence or the game planning ability to consistently outperform everyone they play. I, I, I ain't seen the one that do it. You could argue, argue that Shanahan has done it, but Shanahan combines that coaching with the unique roster construction that they've had and aggressive GM. And so maybe that's it. But generally that don't happen. You're not going to out scheme people. You can't scheme them. Nah, but, but the real argument about hiring the offensive coach is it's a, it's an understandable logic, but I feel like a backward and fearful one, which is basically that you have to make the offensive guy the head coach because if you don't make the offensive guy the head coach, somebody's going to hire him and make him a head coach. So, like, once you show the smallest glimmer as an offensive coordinator, somebody's going to give you a head coaching job because they think somebody – like, it's it's really weird game theory. Like, that's how Dirk Cutter wound up getting that job when they fired Lovey Smith because they were afraid that somebody was going to hire the great Dirk Cutter and then Jameis Winston wouldn't be able to hold it together. And then look how that worked out. Yeah. And right. I mean, but that's, that's, that's the game plan. And it's, it doesn't, you and I've talked about this all the time. You just got to know how to be in charge. John Harbaugh, great example. Special teams coach. He used to come in our DB meetings and, and all the coverages up. It ain't matter, but he knew how to be in charge. <laughs> like it, it, it didn't matter. And he would leave and, and Chuck Pagano would nod and smile at us. And we was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we know that when the two goes flat in cover four, that the safety's going to sit. No, he's not going to get deep. The corner is. Like, these are things that we had these conversations. And I, I think John's a great coach. Um, the last thing I'll say about any of this, or, to push back a little bit on your point, like, yeah, the logic, I understand the logic to that. But then it goes back to the point that I was making. If you believe that your offensive coach is so special that he will give you a schematic advantage every single week, then I get it. But my belief is that 
there aren't many of those guys who exist. That's also like chasing Agreed. the the um the franchise changing quarterback. You cannot make your strategy. I'm a draft. Joe Burrow. That can't be your strategy. Just like you can't hire a coach because you think that you're going to hire Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid. I don't think that's a reasonable strategy. And I don't think the people that are hiring are capable of sitting in a meeting and interviewing these guys and determining that this is a guy that's capable of doing it. You're much better off following the Jim, excuse me, the John, the Mike Tomlin route. The Bill Belichick route, like it to me, that seems like a better route of, and it's not even about offense or defense. Um, Dan Campbell, it's about a culture setter, a know how to be in charge, and someone who is going to keep a stable organization. That's to me seems like the best decision, or the best way to make a coaching hire. But what do I know? We be thinking alike, man. <laughs> we be thinking alike. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. On that note, I appreciate you for giving me a little bit extra time. Thank you so much, Mr. Jones. As you guys already know, I'm sure you can find his podcast everywhere at the right time. All right. See you next week, friend. Appreciate you. All right. Roses and thorns. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Your favorite segment with my favorite person, Roses and Thorns. Hello, Ashley. Welcome back to the Dominique Foxworth Show. Um, Thank you for inviting me to be on the Dominique Foxworth Show. He really didn't want me, guys. He wouldn't even let me come into the studio. But I was like, nah, we're doing this. I teased earlier in the show that I was going to tell people Declan's really good joke from last night. And so please don't I have to. I mean, it's a joke. Please it's don't. A, Did he give you the background for this? Nah, I mean, so they learned in his class about. Um, and I got a voicemail some about circumcision it. and, <laughs> and uh, Declan. In science and human reproduction. Yeah, so um, Declan wanted to talk to me about us making this decision without his consent when he was a baby. And I was like, well, it wasn't really. When he was like two days yeah, old. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't really 
a decision is kind of like what we do here in like America and developed nations. You kind of do that and maybe you don't have to, but you, you do. And and so in order to drive my point home, I looked up on the interwebs the statistics of um, circumcision. Now, like according to the Internet, 80 percent of men over the age of 14 uh, are circumcised in the United States. And so Declan thought that was hilarious. He was like, oh. So you're looking up penis stats, huh? How many rushing yards does the penis have? And so he went on through the even the rest of the night talking about penis 40 times and wondering who's out here, the penis statistician. So it was a good joke. I thought it was pretty smart. And my seven-year-old was disgusted by all of it. Mm-hmm. My seven-year-old daughter, he said the doctor's name was Dr. Scrotum Dixon, who keeps all of the stats. Yes, he did. Um, this morning he continued and... the joke because I told him it was such yes, a good joke. Yes, I was like, so okay, he enough. Con- he continued the joke. But it was a good joke. It's funny. It's smart statistics. I was impressed and proud of him. But I think he's come to terms with the fact that we made some decisions about his anatomy before he was old enough to to consent. But, yes, it's uh, you can- He really, really, like like the science teacher left me voicemail. He was really upset with you guys when he learned <laughs> that you chose to get him circumcised without his input. And I just wanted to warn you, just in case he was still upset when he got home. I was like, thank you, Mr. Stephen and Declan. WTF. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was honestly, yes. I was happy that we were able to have, I mean, you know me about these type of conversations. People make them weird when I don't think they have to be, especially oh, with yeah. kids. So I was happy. He was a little bit uncomfortable bringing it up at first. But we had a good laugh and we had these conversations. And as he gets older, I hope that we can have these conversations going forward. So I was happy with him and I, I was also proud. The joke was quality joke. It was like it wasn't crude. It was smart. It was funny. It was it was a good joke. Um, we've talked on here before about the many reasons I love Jalen Hurts, and one that really oh, shouldn't gosh. even rise to the level of like reasons why you would love someone is like that he's in this relationship with this black woman, and like that's great. It was so it wasn't sad to me because I don't really want Avery dating anyone yet. She's only thirteen. She just turned thirteen at that. But it was sad to think, like, she goes to, I think I said before, a really diverse school. And there are a good amount of black boys, a good amount of black girls, but her, and it was, I was giving her and another black girl a ride home. And they both shared the opinion that, like, the black boys, only one of them says that he's interested in black girls. Not even exclusively, but, like, period. Like, well, I don't know if, he, if maybe, maybe just not. One of them, like, actually wants to date black girls. Like, as much as somebody, a 12 or 13-year-old wants to date someone, right? Um, but she was like, most of them, like, white girls like and she wasn't like sad about that but so they're both excited these two girls because they're going to be running track and you told them like track meetups are like fun or track meets whatever they're called meets meetups are fun and there are lots of kids brothers like some black boys at some schools want to date black girls which are not that we want to date anybody we just like like already at that age that they're thinking and they're they're, it's pretty woke diverse school that they're thinking that like and they're not upset about it but they're like oh yeah like they just don't want to date us maybe later like my college they'll realize where um, but like, but like the, that's yeah, track meets, all, and I, I mean, went to all girls school. Track meets are the place to hang out. Like I, I didn't run a lot of track, but I know that was many of the people on the track team was just there because you run your little race, but you are really there to socialize because there's a lot of downtime and it's a lot of meets, a lot of events and everybody just run around. You meet people from other schools. So yeah, track meets are the time and it's probably disproportionately black in their private school circles. My guess would be, 
Uh, but yeah, anyway, we're coming up on the holiday season, Christmas. I mean, not the holiday season, Christmas in particular, a gift giving season. I guess Hanukkah. We're coming up. We are in the also. holiday season. You have gifts in Hanukkah and Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Hanukkah starts so tonight. It is the gift giving season, I guess, is the point. Yeah. Um, Kwanzaa, well, that's after Christmas. We got some time for that. Yeah. So the do's and don'ts for gift buying. Like, I, which one of us? So I, I don't think there are questions that I think are worth discussing because maybe listeners don't know this, but I'm sure they can guess who's a better gift giver. Like, it's not me. We all know that you're a better gift giver um you actually like to give gifts and care about it and give gifts to a lot of people that don't give you gifts it's just a fun activity that you also get stressed about which is not entirely weird but like it it wears you out but you do really enjoy so what do i need to know if i were listening to this or i am someone who's listening to this and i wanted to become a good gift giver what are the do's and don'ts okay this is a don't that might be controversial but I don't like giving cash for gifts. Yeah, um, even in the part that's bad about it, and I can recognize that it's bad about it, is because there's some people who could use the cash, right? Like, like so it's like selfish for me to be like, no, I don't have to pick out, let's say my budget for you is $100. Like, you might rather have that $100 in hand than a $100, you know, pair of sneakers, or not that I give people sneakers very often, or Ugg slippers, or Ugg slippers are a go-to gift, I'm not going to lie. Um, or even more so than a hundred dollar gift card, like yeah. to some place that I have decided you can use because maybe you really just want that hundred dollars to put on your gas bill. But I don't give cash. And so that's not something that I'm saying like people shouldn't do, but I just don't because it seems so impersonal. At least with a gift card, it's like, oh, like when I you give know gift that cards, it's like something that they a lot like, of times a place that they like or something. It's something that they like, or like I'll I'll look at like restaurants in their neighborhood, yeah. like or in their like even family that lives in other cities. I'm like, oh, I heard this was a really good restaurant in Nashville. Let me give my family in Nashville a gift card to here. Um, so I'm OK with gift cards, but I, I, I don't I don't love cash. I don't like cash um, or gift cards or honestly anything for adults. I mean, gifts are for kids. Yeah, I don't that's buy fair. no grown up shit. Uh, if you got kids, then your kids will get something from our family. But actually, you're grown up, you get stuff from our family also because the person who makes yeah. these decisions. Because my family, stuff. we've suggested in the past. I don't believe yeah, I you're mean, right. I agree. I can agree Nobody's with that. Nobody's grown people gifts that they don't even want. But we do. I mean, and, and I we in, do. inevitably. And they always, usually they can be returned. Not inevitably, all. I'm going to get 12 books, which is what people buy me because that's what you buy somebody so that you don't know anything about. You're like, hey, let me get them a book that I'm not going to read. Oh, yeah. I'm about to get 12 new books from all the friends and family that are like, keep your books. Keep your $20. Whatever. It's fine. Just give me a hug. He doesn't Say, mean it. I That's do mean so it. rude. I do mean it. That's when so the kids mean. ask me what to buy me the gifts, I, I tell them. He tells them a yeah, hug. Give me a hug. That's it. Tell me you love me. Let's move on. I don't want all this stuff. Like, get out of here. If I wanted it, I would have no, bought it. No, I agree. I understand what you're saying. But I think people like to give even adults gifts because like like for me like honestly I get so much <laughs> like like picking out something that I think and maybe I'm wrong but generally I get pretty good gifts I think that people will appreciate like even if they're small things like like lately I've been into looking for things on Etsy oh pro tip if you have like sports fans in your life go to Etsy and search like well and I also like like vintage t-shirts so this could just be me but whatever you like Etsy has it whether it's gibbets for clogs I mean not clogs crocs excuse me or, um, like, I got a friend who also likes Jalen Hurts. She's in my J-Bear group text. Um, like, a, a vintage-looking, obviously not vintage because Jalen is young, a vintage-looking Jalen Hurts t-shirt from Etsy that's really cute. You have to give Etsy time to, like, go in there today because it takes him a little bit to ship. 
Etsy has so much good stuff. They have like great like black Christmas. That's not where your Clarence Claus is from, but they have like great like these Jet magazine covers from like all the Black Santas that Jet has done over the year. T-shirts. Etsy has really good stuff. Um, So I think like small, inexpensive things that you think like are personal and like tailored think, to so, a person's interest. I think you're like um, I saw a, a silent basketball that you can dribble inside. Like I, I think it'll be a good gift for a kid or someone who likes. So like I, I do think the idea of getting or for grownups who really like basketball, the idea of getting someone a gift that they They're really awesome. wanted but didn't know they wanted is nice. But I also think that it's okay. If you can't find a gift to not give somebody something unless they're a kid. So it's fine. I. But then but what if you know that? So I think part of where my trouble with that comes in is I know so many people in our family are going to give us gifts and like us by us. I mean, like all five of us. So um, like not even just one gift. They're going to like buy things for each of our kids and buy something for me and buy something for you. And we have the means to reciprocate like so i just never could not buy a gift when i know people are going to get them for me and then the problem is i don't care if people don't get them for me but if i'm buying one for let's say other aunts uncles or cousins i feel like i have to buy them for every aunt uncle and cousin like i can't just be like oh i'm buying it for these ones because i know they're buying them for me i know i mean it is kind of insane and we've tried to suggest especially on the side of my family that has less children. We can like, why don't we do Secret Santa? Why don't we do donations on behalf Everybody of the likes. You know, the everyone family? says they like that idea, and then it comes around again. We buy a bunch of gifts. And then so, no one ever wants to pull the trigger and do it. The, like, believe me, me and my sister have advocated for what's it. Your, Except for, for the what's children. What's the best gift you've ever received? Okay, I feel really bad because I want it to be something sentimental. Um, of course And not. like, I have, the kids have made me some really good pictures. Answer Another question. thing I love doing, which is something else, you can do framing your kids' I'm trying to act art. like you're trying to frame this like you want sentimental stuff. You want something expensive. What is it? Some diamonds or something? Um, No. Well, it was you when you got me the rainbow jewelry. Because that felt like you really thought like so you knew I would like it. Like you knew I like to wear like a lot of bracelets. And you know I love colors. So he got me like a rainbow tennis bracelet and then the necklace to match it Um, for another um celebration. And I really wish I could say my favorite gifts were sentimental, but I think those might be my favorite. Pro, because they also involved you like putting thought, like like he's gotten me like other jewelry too, and I love it and I wear it just as much. But that you got like the rainbow felt like it was like really um, more unique, like for my interest. Pro tip, since you're giving them out, my pro tip is um, ask somebody's friend or sister what they want. And that's what I do. It's, um. Yeah. And they'll they'll probably just ask sometimes. the person that you want, and then they'll tell them, and it'll be a roundabout way of just directly asking them. But give people what they want. I've tried before, and I swing and a miss. Also, pro tip: don't buy clothes. Yes, I'll say that. I agree with that. Don't buy people clothes. Like unless it's like like our fathers. I know they love whatever Lululemon we get them, and they wear. <laughs> my the dad was. Crap did you know that my so, dad was offended the first time? So it was probably five or six years ago, I guess. The first time you bought him Lululemon, and he was like offended because he's an older man. He like what is Lululemon. <laughs> oh my god, I did not yeah, know that. He, I'm so sorry. I mean, offended, but he loved that. Offended now. is the wrong word, but he was like, I don't know, Lululemon. It, was like, it felt feminine because like Lululemon. Yeah, it, was it, does, like, it does sound it feminine. It does sound feminine. It does sound and, like, feminine. At first, they only sold women's clothes. Well, at first it was But women. now every yeah. year, Pops get excited about that little Lulu. He get that little Lulu feel comfortable. He look cute. He can't wait for his he little looks so Lulu. Cute. He looks great. He looks great. And my dad loves it. So that's the one gift I haven't bought. Other than a few people who are getting gift cards, I need to go to Lululemon and just do a big men's haul for our father's. <laughs> 
and then we'll be done. What's the best gift you've ever gotten? I don't know. I don't like gifts. Nintendo when I was little. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Something you gave me. Whatever you gave me last year is my favorite gift ever. I, I mean, the gift that I, I like mostly more than anything is like when you're like thoughtful and do thoughtful things. Which I am daily. There you all go. The time. So every day it's full of <laughs> gifts. I don't need Every day is else. Christmas with me. It is. It's I could go into a Christmas my... song about that right now. Oh, I don't want uh... any singing. Thank you. This is a no singing. <laughs> so when you were little, though, it was a Nintendo. No, probably not. I was too young. Um, I think it was the Sega Genesis that I got. That was a pretty great gift. I like that. Do you think if you couldn't afford to buy yourself the stuff you wanted more, you would care about gifts more, or is it? I don't buy things. Like that's the thing. I don't gifts. buy myself things. I don't like. I have enough stuff. Uh, I mean, the things that I want aren't hugely expensive. It's like there's not a whole bunch that I want. I don't really know. Like the, I got enough to buy the things. I think if someone could find something that I didn't know that I wanted, and it's like, oh, it's nice, then I would appreciate it. But like, I'm good. I got enough stuff. Like I, I think this is feels like a very modern and cliche thing but like i'd rather do stuff like go places travel experience things like i don't know i don't need no more stuff got enough stuff anyway we want to end the show on a positive note so... and we're going to do this new segment oh, i have called... i have one can i share a rose for you a rose oh no for me oh, i thought we were doing rose of the day just like a general rose of the day not like a rose for me Oh, okay. Are you doing whatever way you want to interpret it? Knock yourself out. Whatever we're doing, this is the last thing, so. My rose for you is your immune system. Like, I used to be like, he gets man colds. And he's like, he used to. He used to. But he used to always tell me, even when he did, that I was mine. The past however many years, like, this man sleeps next to me in bed. No matter what I have, no matter what germs our children and their friends bring into this house and then jump up on him with, you don't get sick. It is so remarkable. Yeah. And I'm jealous. You get sick every three months or so, and the kids. Oh, my God. I feel like it's even more than that lately. I was trying it's to It's been be a generous. rough winter, y'all. Yeah. Um, okay, what's your rose of the day? Um, that I have the immune system of a laborer, can't afford to get sick. Uh, it's the nicest way to put what I was actually thinking. So, refined, strong immune system. Got to stay up so that we can afford fancy wallpapers. All right. Do you... Do you have any tips for me to improve my immune system? Nah, be me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so much. I love you. Love See you me. later. We out. See you at home. Thank you to you. Thank Bye. you to Ashley. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Mina Kimes, Bamani Jones, and of course, our great producers, Kevin, Brian, Megan, Serafina, and beautiful Podville Studio. Shout out to PV. And we're out. So are me oh, Cortez. every Friday thing now? My bad. Cortez. I always leave Cortez out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.